Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of SVN on the Go. Today we connect with Mike Gallegos, CCIM and MCR of SVN Desert Commercial Advisors. Mike is an SVN Elite alum, propelling him to successfully recruit, train, and coach multiple top performers and managing directors in the SVN system. This resulted in Mike's selection by Globe Street Com Real Estate Forum Magazine for Best Bosses of 2020. Mike serves as a senior coach with the Massimo Group. Additionally, he serves as a sales director and management consultant for several SVN offices throughout the West Coast and consults with various high-performance teams in North America. He was an adjunct instructor with Cornell University's commercial real estate program before beginning graduate studies for an executive master of leadership degree at the University of Southern California. Tune in as we discuss the inner workings of what it really takes to level up your team's success through a hard-hitting commitment to office growth training. Hello and welcome back to SVN on the Go. Today we have Mike Gallegos of SVN Desert Commercial. Welcome to SVN on the Go, Mike. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for bringing me on today. We've got a lot to talk about and I'm excited. Indeed, indeed. So let's get down into you and learning more about your background. Briefly tell us about yourself and how you got into commercial real estate. You know, this is an interesting point. The industry found me more than I found it. When I was a junior in, in college, we had several guest speakers come in and present in our classes. And of course, the brokerage community was on campus. So I was evaluating law school, MBA, and all of a sudden, this really bright, shiny career of commercial real estate brokerage went zipping by, and it just had too much appeal to ignore. So I went down the interview conversation path, and I don't know, 14 months later, was working with a national firm in a junior broker mentor mentee relationship and fell in love with it. So uh, the MBAs out there is one of the things I'm going to do next, but I scrapped the law school idea and here we are in commercial real estate. I don't know, way too many years later and I love it. So, you know, it's, it's one of those fairy tale stories. Yeah. And we're glad, we're glad to hear because now we get to have you here at SVN with us. So great to hear. Um, so Mike, you're in a really unique spot specializing as a coach and trainer. How did all that come to be? Is there like a background that got you into this? Kind of how did you get into all of this? You know, the roots started here really young. When I was a kid, I played sports. I mean, that was an everyday thing. So I had the luxury of having exceptional coaches in two sports, playing baseball and football year round, multiple season. And it was the interaction there that really, I think, cemented the way that I look at doing things moving forward. And when I started in this industry, I had exceptional mentors that got me in the business and they were all about the playbook. It was, you have a system, you use the best system possible, and then you get the best tools that you can use and you practice those and you rehearse those so that you can be the best and always set that benchmark really high. So then it was natural to plug those components and that approach into the brokerage. And then when the sales management opportunity came up to discuss, that was a, that was a natural fit. You know, I felt like it was tailor-made or bespoke for the philosophy of how I was just approaching things. So we, we went back to the system, the tools, the resources, and I think I was put on the planet to do this. The coaching, mentoring, training, it's a lifestyle more than it is a job. 
And it's just the way that I approach everything in my life. So that's really where it all got started. And that's you know, why I'm still a student of the game. I don't think I'll ever stop that you know, obsessive learning process. Yeah, no, totally. I totally understand. And you talked, you mentioned before uh, about the playbook. Can you tell us a little bit about the components of your training and what's in your playbook? What is, what's Mike Gallegos, the Bill Belichick of commercial real estate? What's in his playbook? You know, it's that kind of obsessive, just passion about it. So start at step one, you know, whatever's first for your business, build it step by step in mine. We started looking at the areas where our brokers or advisors individually were facing some challenges, and we just dug in there. For most people, there's a lot of room to build around the prospecting call. There's an entire set of the playbook around the call. That creates opportunities for discovery meetings and getting to know clients and touring and learning the market. There's a whole nother chapter there. And then you get into the presentation where you're doing some kind of optimal market performance analysis or some custom lease versus own or looking out for stress tests and evaluating risk per the client in the market that you're in. And that's a chapter there. So it really takes sales as the first foundation, so to speak. Then you plug in operations. And those two components should work together like the teeth to a zipper, you know, right, left, right, left, right, left. And they build upon each other. And then we get in call, discovery meeting, meet, email prospecting, what to do post-transaction, transaction management itself. And after we have all of those put into place, climbing up this staircase, there's a leadership piece. And that, that's like a whole nother portal with another foundation itself where you take how big do, do the, does the owner or the owners of the firm or the franchise want to grow? What verticals are they practicing within? What product types do they need personnel improvement, hiring, recruiting, training? So you can see this, this thing is like a never ending process once you get it started and you just take it step by step. So, and then you continually refine. Um, taking from um, your points of taking things step by step, we know that leadership incorporates that kind of organization to building and scaling. And we know you're a big fan of leadership gurus like Jocko Willink. How do you find his pot? How did you find his podcast and how did you bring that into your brokerage office? So I was finishing a program called Unbeatable Mind. It's put on by Mark Devine, an ex-Navy SEAL commander. And the, the interest there was, how do you get people equipped mentally to do things that are very challenging, that without some kind of mental training, they might wilt away from or shy away from and elect not to do. In brokerage, a lot of people don't love the, re the rejection that you get when you're making prospecting calls. And that can cause some people, if they're not really good at it, to choose to do something else or to shy away from the accountability, et cetera. So it was on the heels of that program that I went on the hunt for more material. Walking through a Barnes and Noble a few years back, I found one of Jocko's books that he co-wrote with a, another ex-seal commander of his called named Leif Babin, picked it up, it's Extreme Ownership, and read the thing four or five times cover to cover went into the offices that I work at with SBN and said, hey, what do you all think about this? And we just embraced it. So we took that extreme ownership 
component and balance that out with some of the Simon Sinek uh, infinite game leaders eat last and we just created an ingredient list that had those components in there we found some executive coaches that worked with Urban Myers NCAA championship football team at Ohio State and we took some of that component and put it in there and we went really deep with Tim Kite the owner founder of Focus 3 that worked with Ohio State and we just found the alchemy so the path really illuminated there and a lot of our advisors just dug in they felt that it resonated with them and the culture that was set was one upon which they could bind and build success so I'm glad that you asked about how do we bring this stuff into the brokerage office I can cite a few examples where we've taken that growth mindset that's a methodology from Dr. Carol Dweck at Stanford where we look at how do you teach that and how do you reinforce that so that when you're doing the training portion with a new a new to business advisor you're able to create the foundation of confidence and you expect to run into a few obstacles when you're launching and growing your business rather than shying away from the rejection on the phone you reinforce to expect it and find ways to compound some of the unbeatable mind process and you overcome it and now going way beyond those foundational principles I'm in a master's program that I'll finish in about 14 months at the University of Southern California, which is an executive master of leadership program. We have a whole new hallway of, of tools to bring in. We're studying Dr. Carol Dweck. There's some framework in there from Dr. Deborah Ancona at MIT. And we're looking at what Ray Dalio is doing with his hedge fund, where they've got a, a mountain of principles that they've scaled up and built a tremendously successful business with. A lot of that stuff works if you if you think about how to transcribe it and apply it in a brokerage office. So we're having some fun with it. You know, we're, we're constantly trying new, fresh things. Yeah, that's perfect. And that actually segues kind of right into our next question. As you talk about kind of implementing these leadership tactics into your brokerage house, can this work anywhere? We understand that there might be a couple of tweaks that you need to make for a larger office versus a startup, someone that might be in a primary market versus a secondary market. How far can you bring this? I think the sky's the limit. You know, if we look at our industry is a little bit antiquated in terms of management and particularly leadership. Usually, if you walk into a commercial real estate brokerage office, you see the pyramid with one prominent person or maybe a couple of prominent people that are sitting at the top of that. And they issue commands and they don't share a lot of vision. And it, it's a very hierarchical type of structure and order so here's something that could swing the pendulum to the other side so if we think about that command and control model being outdated innovate innovation can't be rigid i mean we need to think about how are we going to invigorate creativity here without creating too much chaos that's it's a fine tune finely tuned balance that you have to walk what we're looking at is if you take somebody's main drivers. I like Daniel Pink's model here from his, his book, Drive. We all want to have some autonomy, meaning give us some elbow room to work how and where and when we like, and then help us achieve mastery so that we can, we can become a real artisan of the craft and learn what our purpose is. If we know what advisors, why is, if we know why they show up, why they get up early, why they work hard and do some things that not everybody wants to do to break into the career 
then you're better equipped to have leaders at all levels. More on that in a little bit when we, we talk about that nimble framework, but it's really transforming everybody into a role of responsibility and leadership, something that they can own rather than just working for somebody else that goes a long way. Speaking of leadership, the pandemic has really changed the way we work, the way we think, and the way we respond to leadership. How do we continue to adapt and improve? You know, the, the speed, the pace that COVID changed things for us, I think is faster than anything that we've had to adapt to in the past. We just had to react to so many things so abruptly last year, 2020 was a very volatile year for commercial real estate. Owners had to look at civil unrest and massive changes in demand drivers for properties that they own, eviction moratoriums, wholesale, wholesale industries being shut down. You think about the, if you didn't own an industrial property along a corridor for warehousing, you were really reevaluating your net operating income. You were really evaluating stress tests. You were looking at disruption that just happened so fast that we had to react. So that uncertain, complex, and ambiguous environment, coupled with the volatility, you know, the Harvard Business Reviews and the Economists and the McKinsey and consulting conversations right now, we're all talking about this VUCA environment. So. We've had to, from the management side, be flexible, where traditionally we like our advisors in the office collaborating. That's part of the SVN culture. Our company is built upon that. So we had to find fresh ways to include trust and help build collaboration while people were working in a more remote or hybrid type of environment. And I think that's here to stay. So reward systems became important the frequency and quantity and quality of our conversations that we have, making sure that everybody has that, that leadership role and title. So to dive a tiny bit deeper on that, if you have that architecting visionary, enabling the next level of people to carry out the plans and to make sure that they have a voice in constructing those plans so they're not just somebody else's idea, and then you're getting input from the frontline entrepreneurial leaders, you have communication flow that's working downstream, and then you're taking an iterative process working back upstream so that you can make shorter, more real-time decisions based on input data points that are smaller, and you're just more nimble. So you know, bottom line, everybody needed to feel like they're important. Everybody needed to, to feel and be recognized for the value that they bring. And everybody needed to feel like their voice was respected and they had room to be heard. In 2020, those were the main things that we focused on. Definitely. And kind of before we let you go, Mike, um, our last question here, I know you've worked with a number of SVN offices in the past and a lot of what today was, is about training and growth. What kind of advice would you give to those people, those SVN owners, those SVN advisors that are looking to scale their business up? You know, the, this is going to sound a little cliched, but the strength of the foundation upon which you build really dictates how tall you can build. So you've got to find that vision to start and you've got to pour that foundation thick enough and full of the right materials so that from point B and on, 
you can scale to meet that vision. Some of the tactics that help rehearsal and practice. Right now, we're going through a strengths finder based rehearsal process where we're having our advisors record a baseline version of the proposal where they just kind of wing it. They let their natural personality shine. And then we're doing that strengths finder assessment to identify maybe half a dozen or so personal brand elements. Out of that brand element process, we're going to sharpen up how they can connect authentically and naturally to the client that they're sitting across the table from and make sure that they have a real human connection based feel. After 11 or 12 iterations of that process, their proposal is going to be much sharper and much more natural than the baseline version. So oftentimes when you see people work in that process and dive into the hard work, that's the path. So same thing for a brokerage owner, same thing in Los Angeles or Nebraska or New York City or Miami or you fill in primary, secondary, tertiary market. It's really about laying the foundation, laying out your process, taking an iterative approach so that you can make mistakes, but none that will capsize the entire operation and be vulnerable with your people as they go through the same process. So, you know, we've we've worked with these kind of components in Orange County and San Diego and Portland, Oregon and Reno, Lake Tahoe, Nevada, Las Vegas, Nevada. The Phoenix office in Arizona is a fantastic example of a large group of people coming together and really leaning into the process together. So the last piece that I would give there to that answer, Julian, is that it takes time. You need to benchmark at least a year to earn the trust and the respect of everybody that you work with in the management and leadership role. So if you aren't willing to put that in, then I, I would say that you probably need to reconfigure that foundation. It starts with the trust and loyalty. Definitely. That, that's a great point. And Mike, before we let you go today, you brought up so many good points. We want to be able to have our listeners be able to reach out to you. If you would just share maybe a way to get in contact with you, an email address. I don't know if you want to share your phone number, however you want them to contact you, but I know you shared a lot of really good stuff. So we want to make sure somebody wants to get a hold of you, they can do so. Sure. You know, phone number, um, I'll just put it out there. The cell is 971 708 9403 and we can drop that in some contact info box at the conclusion of the of the podcast here but i would say i welcome any questions conversation points uh the cell phone's always on in this business so you know in addition to svn i'm a senior coach with the massimo group so 24 7 i'm working in commercial real estate and in leadership and in management conversations so i'm passionate about this content and I love this industry. So if, if someone has a question or wants to shoot an idea around, bounce some best practice concepts around, reach out, be happy to talk. Excellent, well, thanks for joining us today, Mike. And again, uh, I know this this, uh, this was great information for all of our listeners today. We just wanna thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and just sitting down and talking with us today. This was awesome. You bet, Julian, Michelle, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Mike.